Hey, everybody. Welcome to Take a Knee. This is Pastor David, and I'm so grateful that you're joining me here today. I want to begin today to tell you a story. It's kind of interesting, maybe even comical, but perhaps you read about it. It's, it's about a man who decided that he wanted to walk to London. Now, that's not a bad thing if you live, let's say, in another part of England, and you want to walk 30 kilometers, or you want to walk 20 miles, even 50 miles. I don't know, even 100 miles. There are people who walk that far. But this guy wanted to walk to London from United States. So that means he had to figure out how he was going to do that. I mean, I guess you could walk to London, going up through Canada, through Alaska, but I don't think there's a way that you can walk. I mean, I don't think it's connected. <laughs> I think you have to still stay on water. You're going to have to go through water somewhere. So he realized that. And so what he decided to do in order to walk to London, he was going to cross the Atlantic more than 4,000 miles in a device that he created. Well, I guess he was going to run across the water. But I'll, I'll read a little bit of this article. And it says, a Florida man was just arrested by the U.S. Coast Guard after he attempted to run to London. So he wasn't going to walk to London. He was going to run to London in a homemade hamster wheel-like vessel. Reza Baluchi, an Iranian marathon runner, was intercepted by the Coast Guard on August 26th. So that was just, a, you know, not long ago. About 70 nautical miles off the coast of Georgia, just as Hurricane Franklin was barreling towards the eastern U.S., Baluchi reportedly refused to leave the vessel for three days before officials finally extracted him. The homemade contraption, which Baluchi has dubbed a hydropod, or his bubble, was made out of a metal drum surrounded by inflatable buoys. The bubble was propelled through the water by paddles lining the vessel's exterior as Baluchi ran inside it. Bellucci is now facing federal charges of obstruction of a boarding and violation of a captain of the port order, according to the BBC. Based on the condition of the vessel, which was afloat as a result of wiring and buoys, U.S. Coast Guard's officers determined that Bellucci was conducting a manifestly unsafe voyage, the criminal complaint said. So basically they said, you know what, Bellucci, my man, it is not going to end well for you. We think this is an unsafe thing for you. But of course, you look at that. You can look it up yourself. Look up the man running to London on your computer, and you'll see the article. And you'll also get a picture of the actual vessel that he created. It looks pretty cool. Like they said, it looks like a hamster wheel. And it had all these inflatable jugs or something with a paddle sticking out of it. It's pretty ingenious. But I would think it might be better used if he were just going to maybe go across the lake or some water that is not quite as big as the Atlantic. That's a long way to run. And especially with the hurricane coming down upon him, I can't even imagine what would have happened to the poor guy if a hurricane had come through. It might have even picked him up into the vortex and threw him hundreds of miles away. Who knows? But you got to admire the guy's <laughs> desire, right? his desire to want to create something that can achieve an incredible goal. That's what I want to talk to you about today. I want you to take a knee and listen up on what I want to share with you about goals. Goals. 
So Reza had a goal, didn't he? He wanted to run to London, but he had a problem. He had to improvise. He had to think of a way he could do it. And he came up with the idea. And so it's a goal. Now, I want to look at the goal, but we also will examine maybe some of our own goals. But I want to share with you basically how we should really create goals and think in terms of how these goals should be attained and maintained. So let's take a look at four different things I want to share with you today regarding how to create a goal. And I'll list them here first, and then let's talk about each one in the time that we have. These goals need to be realistic. Our goals need to be achievable. Our goals need to be measurable. And then finally, last but certainly not least, they have to be kingdom. I'm ending with kingdom because I want to end, of course, with more of a biblical approach to our goals. But if we look at goals just purely from a secular point of view, and when I mean secular, I mean just broad brush when it comes to setting goals for our life. And in fact, maybe you're a person that doesn't set goals at all. Maybe you're a person that says, you know, I just take life as it is. And that's fine. So before we even get to talking about goals, are setting goals even a good thing? Is it a biblical thing? Well, I'd have to say yes, because we know the scripture talks a lot about discipline and accountability and that we need one another, and that we are growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. The whole idea of sanctification is from glory to glory, is becoming more like Jesus. Now, one could argue that to become like Jesus, we need to leave that up to the Holy Spirit, and he'll do it in his time. But we would also have to argue that there is cooperation. So it's a work of God, but it's also a work of God that we must cooperate with. And so if cooperation is a valid and important part of us growing, becoming more mature, then setting goals is probably not a bad idea. In fact, it's a great idea. So let's now take a look at our list. So number one, our goals need to be realistic. So if we look at Reza and his desire to want to cross the ocean in his hamster wheel, he's going to go 4,000 miles across the Atlantic. I didn't look into, I mean, I could look at the picture to see how much supplies he had on board. And maybe he had somebody that was going to come. I didn't read the whole article. Maybe he had somebody who was going to come and supply him or he'd take a break somewhere along the line. (laughs) I mean, he'd have to have some pretty powerful friends. And I suppose they could find him with a GPS and all of that. But I mean, that's some pretty extensive planning. Who knows? Maybe he had all that. But we've got to look at this from the point of view of a realistic goal. The Coast Guard decided that it wasn't a very realistic goal because they thought it was unsafe. They looked at his vessel and they said, well, look, I mean, how many people can run 4,000 miles, period? I mean, this is not going to be 4,000 miles on ground. This is going to be 4,000 miles on water against the wind with waves. So in the end, he might actually be running more like 8,000 miles (laughs) or even quite a bit further when you think of the amount of energy and effort it was going to take. So can we look at this and say that this was a realistic goal? Not really. This is not really a realistic goal. So we look at our lives and we think about the goals that we set. That's a great way to start. Don't start off with a goal that is unrealistic because if it is thought or it is likely not going to be achieved, then you're really wasting your time. See, one of the things that comes into planning, setting a pace for our life, it is guarding our heart. 
And we guard our heart in many different ways. But one of the ways that we guard our heart is by making sure that we don't do those things that would potentially discourage us. Now, does that mean we avoid risk? Well, I guess in some place it does. And so realistic goals might involve some risk. I think setting a goal is risky from the beginning. But when we think of it being somewhat realistic, how do we measure that? Well, we'll get to the measure part. But what I mean, how do you determine that something's a realistic goal? One of the ways that I would imagine is it's been done before. That might be a good thing. Or it's been done before and you want to do a little bit more. You want to beat a record. You want to do something. But when we think of it being realistic, it's got to be something that has been done or is being done. Or that when you think of it in terms of it being realistic, it's something that, again, is within the wheelhouse of a possibility. So realistic, setting realistic goals. We can talk more about that, but we've got several others to talk about. Achievable. Goals need to be achievable. Now, it may be the same in the sense of realistic. Realistic is truly looking at, just from the outset, is this even something that is even reality, right? When we talk about achievable, that is something that might be more specific to something that has been done, but now you need to really look at yourself, okay? In the case of Reza wanting to run across the ocean, well, was he a runner? Yes, it clearly he was a marathon runner. So was it something achievable in the sense of something he has done before? Yeah, of course, it is something he has done. So as a runner, he can run. Now, the whole achievable thing is that it goes beyond just running. Now he's running on water. Has he ever run on water? Has he ever done the whole hamster wheel? I don't know. I got a funny feeling, not so much. And so when we think of achievable, we're thinking about our own gifts and talents. For me to want to become an Olympic swimmer, okay, I can swim. I love to swim. I swim as a general rule for my exercise. But my age and the fact that I've never competitively swim other than just amateur things, that's not an achievable goal for me. It's something that is also unrealistic. But it's not unrealistic to think that I could ever be a competitive swimmer, but it's not achievable because of my age and because of the fact that I don't train like that. Another thing might be when we think of achievable is doing something I've never done before or I'm not gifted to do. So that is something that we need to ask ourselves a question. I've seen people want to start to play guitar or take up music or to learn languages and only be discouraged because it really wasn't their gift. And that is something, you know, to really think about when we think about setting goals. Is it your gift? Is it in the wheelhouse of something that is achievable for you? Let's look at the third one, measurable. So let's assume that this is something that you have decided you're going to do. And now we kind of turn the corner and now we're looking at doing something that we want to set a goal to achieve. And it's realistic and, and it's something I have done before, but I just want to do it more. I want to do it better. How do we measure that? A lot of people fail in growing because they're never able to measure their goals. Here's something I learned the other day, and it's very specific to this point, is that they have found that people that lose weight generally measure or weigh themselves either once a day or once a week, but usually a few times a week. They measure themselves so that they are realizing their goals. And I tell you, nothing could be more specific or clear or illustrative of this point than that right there. So if a person wants to lose 30 pounds, 
then by measuring themselves, then they know whether they are actually losing the weight. It makes sense, doesn't it? Well, we can translate that to just about anything in our lives. If we want to become more knowledgeable of Scripture, how often are we reading the Bible a week? Am I measuring that? I've never read through the whole Bible, you say. Well, then you need to start measuring that goal by setting measurable points regarding that goal. So you're going to read a little bit every day. But don't be unrealistic. Don't say, you know, I'm going to try to read the Bible all through in two days. I mean, you might be able to do that, but you might also hurt yourself <laughs> in not getting enough sleep. If you read it 24-7, would you actually be able to do it? I don't know. But setting measurable goals is really, really important to being able to achieve goals. So you can measure them by the effectiveness. Now, not measuring too much is one thing because the smaller the increment of change, we get discouraged because we don't see the change. That's why they recommend that you don't weigh yourself more than once a week because you're going to see a more perceptible change or maybe encouraging change in a week than you would from day to day because our weight fluctuates. But other goals of just getting in shape, you know, and being able to lift weights or be able to run and go distances or, again, to learn a new language. These are all things that we have a lot of tools that help us measure. So really, when we think of measurable goals now in modern days, we can really get to it. We can really find those. So our tools to help us measure. And another thing, I guess what I want to finish on this thought is if a goal is not measured, you can never come to a place of saying you have actually achieved a goal unless you're able to compare it to something else. So a weak goal, and I mean weak as in W-E-A-K, a weak goal is one that is not measured and therefore is not compared. And therefore there is no sense of growth in what is being done. Okay, then the final one, last but not least, is kingdom. Is a kingdom. Now, as a believer, this certainly does stand out from a person who's not a Christian, a person following Christ. So Jesus says, follow me, right? And my sheep will know my voice. So how do we know we're following him? And when it comes to spiritual goals, how do we know? And one of the things that can help us in getting caught up in the vortex of the work of the Holy Spirit, because see, as I kind of just drop this on you, that a lot of times setting goals can get into the flesh. It can get us into strife. And the reason why people don't do really well with self-discipline is because they're not getting help. Of course, we can get help from nutritionists, from personal trainers and friends who can keep us accountable. But how about the Holy Spirit, who is able to really encourage us along the line, can be that life coach, can be that one who knows what we need before we ask it. And if we surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit, then we have Really, as Paul would say, everything we need in order to be able to succeed in a godly life. Paul says the physical exercise and physical success has some merit, and it was certainly does. We know now for health and things like that. But he says, but godliness has great merit. Godliness with contentment. Godliness is greater than physical fitness. Godliness has much more impact. In fact, it influences everything else. Which is why adding this and our goals being kingdom goals really adds to it the cap in my mind of what can create the greatest success in our life. So I wanted to read a few scriptures regarding what the Bible has to say about goals. And there's some great verses here that you have probably read. 
But it says here, whoever of you love life and desires to see many good days will rejoice in the Lord. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 103 verse 5, he who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Psalm 140 verse 8, do not grant the wicked their desires, Lord. Do not let their plans succeed. So when their kingdom plans, they have success. Another one here that I wanted to share with you. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. He who fulfills the desires of those who fear him, he hears their cry and saves them. Proverbs 11.6, the righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the unfaithful trapped by evil desires. Proverbs 19.22, what a person desires is unfailing love, but better to be poor than a liar. And I move on to some other verses regarding setting goals and our desires. Notice I focused on the desires of our heart because there are fleshly desires and there are godly desires. But God will give us the desires of our heart when we focus on him, when we seek him with all of our heart, right? Isn't that what the scripture says? To seek the Lord with all of our heart and he will give us the desires. And of course, these desires are checked at the gate. I think of James chapter four, where James is kind of rebuking the believers and saying, you know, you're not getting answers to your prayers. You're not achieving your goals because of your selfish focus. When our goals are surrendered to God and they're focused on kingdom, then their chance of success is going to be much greater. Now, that's not to say that people who use the first four things for their goals to be achievable and to be realistic and measurable, they don't achieve goals. They do. Every single day they do. And that's the common grace of God. God loves all of his people. He loves to see them succeed and create and increase. But when we think of a lot of those things that are created, they burn up. They're done. They have no eternal value. They're good for here. That person might get an award. They might get a, a medal might get a statuette, but that'll all be burned up in the end. So when we think of kingdom goals, we're setting things that last forever. And I don't know about you, but that sounds like a much greater idea than to jump into a hamster wheel and try to walk to London, because even though he may have succeeded, who's going to remember it 30 years from now? In fact, it may only just be the butt of jokes. It may just be the fact that somebody else will try it and they end up dying, but I guarantee you that it won't have eternal value, won't be remembered in heaven. But those things that are done for the glory of God and those things that are done simply, sweetly, powerfully, and for God's glory will be celebrated, will be remembered in heaven forever. So when we think about setting goals, we should think in terms of of setting those goals that will not only have impact here, but again, will last forever. Well, thanks for listening up today. I ask you to join me as I finish in prayer. Lord, I thank you, God, for all who've jumped in today. And I pray that as we talk about goals and as we look at goals for our life, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would lead us. God, because we want to grow. We want to become more disciplined, more passionate, more bold. Lord, we want to be people who are achieving greater things for your glory. Lord, with our time, with our money, with our energy, our effort, and the things that you've placed inside us. I pray that you'd help us to do that. Holy Spirit, when we set goals, we would not forget about you, but we would make all of what we do a part of the kingdom, if not all about the kingdom in all that we do and every day that we do it. So I thank you, Lord, now in Jesus' name. Amen. 
God bless you folks. You have a great week. We'll see you next time. Thank you.